Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos. I'm here to give you resources to make life with your cat more rewarding and, of course, behavior-free. I'm doing this because Cat Talk Radio is an outreach program of Cat Behavior Solutions, and Cat Behavior Solutions is a nonprofit that's dedicated to shelter diversion, which means we want to reduce cat behavior problems in the home before you get to your wits end and decide that cat's got to go. We want to intercept that and keep that kitty at home with you and in a loving, wonderful relationship. So we have this weekly show is a Cat Behavior Solutions Outreach. We have uh, blogs on the website at catbehaviorsolutions.org. I do educational seminars and speaking engagements around the country. Um, because, you know, as long as shelter euthanasia is the number one cause of death in cats, I'm doing this. So if you'd like to help keep us on the air and keep this information flowing, please consider making a donation. You can find a link to our <coughs> PayPal on the website, again, at catbehaviorsolutions.org. And it's nonprofit, so it's all tax deductible. And any amount helps. There's nothing too small to keep the information flowing. So today, I am joined again by a very special guest, my mom. You know, she does have a name, by the way. Her name is Toby. <laughs> and uh, a lot of people just know her as Molly's mom, which she'll answer to that, too. So thanks for joining me today, Mom. Hi. Oh, hi, Molly. I'm really glad to be able to do this again. This is so much fun. So hi, everybody. It is fun. And today... I want to talk about something that's really close to my heart right now because we're going to talk about geriatric cats. And uh, Mike Tabasco is geriatric. He's 15 this year. And uh, so that's what we're talking about today, Mom. I know. And that should be close to our hearts, too, because, Molly, you have geriatric parents. So we're all (laughs) concerned about what the future holds for all of us including our pets. <laughs> well, today we'll talk about geriatrics in the form of felines. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, do the cats do, do cats get similar type geriatric issues just like Bob and I are seeing in ourselves? Well, first, uh, yeah, yes, of course. But first, let's talk about what's considered a geriatric cat, because I think a lot of people are confused at what age does that mean. So if a cat is, is 10, it's considered elderly. 11 to 14 years of age, your cat is considered a senior. 15 years and up, they're considered geriatric. And, you know, cats nowadays are living into their 20s, um, which is... A lot longer than they used to live. And 
you know, they're all they're all different. Every cat ages differently. You know, they're going to end up with some genetic issues. They'll end up with some issues caused by the environment that we have provided and sometimes diets that we have provided. But I really like this quote from this veterinarian, Richard Goldstein. He's an assistant professor at the Cornell College of Veterinary Medicine. He says, growing older is not a disease. While it's true that senior cats are more likely to get different conditions, some older cats are perfectly normal and don't change at all. And I'm hoping that's me. I don't know about you. <laughs> when I get well, to that, you're away your mom is I want to be one of those cats that are perfectly normal and don't change at all. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we're all hoping for that, but but I'm, I don't know if that's realistic or not. And when it comes to cats, how about the same kinds of issues that we're facing as people? Are they similar? Yeah, absolutely. They're, they are similar and some are different. And, and some are different because of two very interesting things. One is, of course, what we feed them, you know, as and I guess that's not all that different because if you think about it, you know, what we eat as humans affect our health long term also. So I guess that's not really all that different if, you know, if you're like me and you have a steady diet of macaroni and cheese, well, mm-hmm. obviously I'm probably going to have some, some, you know, geriatric conditions to deal with later on in life. So, <laughs> so what we feed them, but also, you know, you got to think about their proximity to our environment. They're really low to the floor. And if you've ever crawled around on your hands and knees, and which I know you haven't done that recently, at least not on purpose. I mean, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but if you've ever gotten your nose at the same level a cat's nose is on the floor, man, things smell really different down there. <laughs> and, and it's amazing what they're exposed to in their environment that we're not just because our noses are, you know, five feet higher off the floor than, than theirs are. So, so yes, they, they do have to deal with some, some similar geriatric issues and, uh, and then they deal with some different ones as well. Mm. And that that is interesting. I hadn't thought about the odors and the different experience that's down there close on the floor. When I've ended up close on the floor, I've been more in a state of panic trying to get myself back upright than smelling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. It's getting hard for me to get up off of the floor these days. <laughs> now, one thing, you know, one thing we all worries about, worry about, and I've been very fortunate in not having a lot of arthritis. But when we had an, a, an aging dog, one of her issues was that she was getting arthritic and couldn't play as much as she did. And I assume cats do the same, don't they? Yeah, there's, there's actually a medical study that shows that over 90% of cats at 12 years of age have arthritis. So mm. I I like to say really at 10, you know, when your cat hits 10, you can assume that it's probably got some beginning arthritis, especially, you know, you think about it, cats living outside really only used to live to be about eight years old. And now that we keep them indoors and safe, you know, they're living into their 20s. So they, they are getting arthritis at, you know, at about 10, I think, 12, scientifically proven for sure. And, um, and, and that's something we should take into consideration. 
um, and some things that you should do for your your ten year old cat, even if they're not exhibiting pains of of arthritis, just go ahead and start some of this stuff because you know it's coming. And mm-hmm. some things are a lower sided litter box. You know, it's harder for them to pick up their legs and climb in the litter box. So low sided litter box. Consider getting steps and and or ramps to your bed if they like to sleep with you and favorite places that the cat has like windowsills and things like that. Um, A heating pad bed. They make these beds that have heating pads built into them. You can plug in or just get a heating pad and keep it on a very low setting under some towels you know, because they feel colder just like older people do. You know, you're you're more sensitive to the cold. Right, Mom? Absolutely. <laughs> That's true. I know Dad Bob is. <laughs> yeah, very much so. He is more than more than me, but I notice it. I notice that I don't like the cold either. Yeah. And and I don't either. I guess that makes me geriatric now too. Oh, you're getting there, <laughs> sweetheart. <laughs> But make sure your cat's got resources that are that are easy to get to. You know, if you're if you live primarily on a ground floor in your home, make sure that your cat's litter box and food aren't downstairs in the basement or upstairs in a bedroom. Keep those resources in the area that the cat normally spends most of the time and the family spends its time and you know another thing that's interesting is as cats get older and get arthritis it's more difficult for them to scratch on vertical surfaces so now's the time to get some horizontal scratching devices and they make those you know like the cardboard ones that are nice and long they can scratch on or even just a a piece of carpet that's got a real tight weave like a tight berber or commercial carpet they love they love those too and then Some things you can do, CBD has shown to work wonders for cats with arthritis, Um, glucosamine and chondroitin combination for cats. You can actually get the human version and just open the pills or crush the pills and put it in their food. And then I sell, one of the things that I give to Tabasco every day is a, a product called Feline Active and it's on our website at catbehaviorsolutions.org in the Behavior Boutique. And what it is is it's a, it's a lotion that's actually transdermal. So you put it on the inside of their ear. You put it on your finger and then rub it on the inside of their ear. And it's an anti-inflammatory. And I have found that it works wonders. I mean, I really noticed a difference after about two weeks of application with Tabasco. And you just put it on once a day and it's super easy. So there are some things you can do to help relieve that arthritis. But remember that it's, it's constant pain. You know, mm-hmm. and and dealing with constant pain is 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 hard. I mean, it's really hard on us, and it's particularly hard on on animals. So, arthritis is is a good one, and and that's probably more universal than most of the other things, and something you should definitely pay close attention to. Yeah, I think I think we're all feeling that. You know, things like I think as you get older, there sometimes seems to be just this low background hum of pain that's not really severe, but boy, it can become very tiring and very stressful. For yeah, that. And, and creaky. I think we just oh, all yeah. creaky, and, and cats do too. So and it's I definitely find, some... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I'm sorry, Molly. I'll just no, step right ahead. over you. <laughs> Jump in there. 
jump in here. I was saying because recently, or in fact, just yesterday, um, I did more walking than I have done in a long time. And I'm realizing that the less I do, the less active I am, the more difficult it is for me to get around. Now, how about cats? Is it is that similar too? Yeah, yeah, it, it it is. It's it's definitely similar. The old use it or lose it is mm. is true. You know, the the more inactive you are, you know, the the more creakier you get, and that and the more brittle our tendons get, and things like that. So it is important. Uh, for cats to keep up uh, a level of activity, although a lower level of activity, you know, don't, uh, don't wear your cat out, but especially if your cat's obese, it's very important to get some activity going to try to get that weight off of them because that extra weight is going to, to, you know, make arthritis more common, of course, because the joints are going to be more sore carrying on extra weight as well as, as many other diseases. But some things you should do for your older cat that will ensure that they get a little bit of activity every day is food puzzles. They love to, you know, go find food. And and you can do, we sell some food puzzles, uh, again, on the website at catbehaviorsolutions.org in the Behavior Boutique. There are some commercially made ones. And then you can also do it yourself, you know, uh, homemade food puzzles. You can get like a, a toilet paper core, you know, toilet paper roll core, the little cardboard core, and you cut holes in the side and you put treats in there and you fold the ends down and you hide it, you know, maybe under the couch that they love to lay on or places like that that's, you know, not super hid where they'll never find it because the mice or roaches will, but <laughs> but in, in a place where they like to spend lots of time. So you're ensured that, that they do find it. But that's a, a great way for them to get some activity and food foraging. Um, Pray play. You hear me talk about that a lot. You know, that's that's not just tossing them a toy, but that's getting a wand toy, uh, which is a wand with a string and a you know prey like toy on the bottom, either mouse or feathers, and you get on the other end of it and wiggle it around and make it go around corners and out of sight and stuff like that to get your cat engaged. And it it takes a lot to get a senior cat engaged in prey play, but they need it. They need it every day too, and it may not last as long and it may not be as fast. But it's something they can very much, you know, benefit from. And then, you know, things I like to do with Tabasco, he has a catio. So I encourage him to go out on the catio and get some fresh air and watch the birds and that kind of thing. And then I take him on leash walks like I did just this morning. Mm -hmm. He was wanting to get out. So I... I was wanting to get to work, but I said, all right, all right, all right, let's go outside and I'll take you on a leash walk. And he walked for a good long ways. And that's that's great for him. Good exercise mm-hmm. and good enrichment. And, you know, even just providing them places to look uh, outside, you know, um, whether that's a one of those kitty hammocks you put in the windowsill or cat trees up against the window or anything that's easy for them to get up and down from and get in the window and, and look out and see what's going on. That's going to really help them with their enrichment and activity as well. Well, that's wonderful stuff. Now, it sounds like, Molly, you should take your mom on more leash walks. <laughs> well, we're going to do that, Mom. <laughs> I think we I will. have that planned for you this weekend. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. <laughs> you think you're sore now. <laughs> Uh-oh. 
Oh, I'm in trouble, I think. Well, aside from all this stuff, one thing that I've experienced myself is heart disease. You know, something to look out for. And I, that's something I hadn't heard about in cats. Could that also be issues with them? Yeah, it is. And sadly, it's a it's an issue with Tabasco right now. He was diagnosed this January with a heart murmur, which has mm-hmm. um, gotten worse in the last six months. And, you know, the vets don't really know why these things happen. I mean, things like heart murmurs and, and other heart type diseases can be underlying conditions of another disease that's going on or you know, they can be genetic. I mean, it's, it's sometimes it's very, very difficult for, for the vet to know. But it's important that that you go to the vet and, and that they get a baseline. And, you know, just like you, when you get diagnosed with a heart murmur, it, it is kind of sudden. It's just like one day it's not there and the next day it is. So mm-hmm. it's real important to, to keep that monitored. But, yeah, sadly, heart disease is a, is a, I'm not going to say common, but it is a, a, a problem that cats have to, have to deal with, very much so. And you had mentioned, Molly, that um, Tabasco is doing some wheezing. Is that an indication that there's a problem like you know, similar to asthma in, in, or COPD in people? Yeah, he was doing some coughing. And, and for a while I thought, well, he's just trying to cough up a hairball that's not coming up or because I feed him a a raw diet, you know, a lot of times they'll get a little bone or something in there and they have bones in their digestive system. It's not a big deal because they digest them. But I thought, well, maybe he's got something caught in his throat or, and he would, you know, he'd cough, 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 nothing would come up. Well, then it started getting pretty regular. So I had a, an x-ray, chest x-ray done on him a few months back. And, and sure enough, it, it uh, revealed some pretty serious lung disease going on. Mm-hmm. So he's been diagnosed with, you know, severe asthma and infectious bronchitis and things like that. And again, not really sure whether those are symptoms of some other underlying disease or condition or, you know, what it is. Because, mm-hmm. you know, usually those kinds of things are exposure, long-term exposure to inhalants. So this is why we advise people to get unscented litters and don't use excessive air fresheners around the home. And people who have a lot of cats are people who generally do use a lot of air fresheners because you're trying to cover up that litter box odor. (laughs) And it can really, you know, after 12 years of inhaling that stuff, and, and a lot of it, like the air wicks and the glades that are on the sprays and things, those are artificial scents. They're not made with, you know, pure essential oils. And there are known carcinogens in those. And so it's very possible that a lifetime of, of inhaling, you know, chemicals is a problem. Same things mm. like... Um, because, like I said, when they're low to the floor, they smell things like the fabulosa that is used to to mop our concrete floors. And that's overwhelming at that height. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they smell a lot of things on the floor, chemicals that, that we don't smell way up here. So, so, yeah, wheezing and coughing and asthma and lung disease are, are obviously uh, very real possibilities mm-hmm. for, uh, for a geriatric cat. And people who have a lot of carpeting, which you do not have and I don't think really ever had 
with this cat. You've had concrete and tile and hard surfaces always, but I understand that there are chemicals in carpeting that can really be an issue for animals, dogs and, well, kids. And cats. Yeah, and usually if you have carpet too, you're using, you know, carpet deodorizers. Again, you have pets and, and if you have kids, you know, you're using you're using probably mm. carpet deodorizers <laughs> like <laughs> I used to when I had carpets. Right. And uh, and those chemicals are are not good when they're breathed in at that level. You know, they weren't made for humans to have their nose, you know, six inches off the carpet for eight hours, ten hours a day. So those things can be very dangerous for your cat. Well, something to look out, out for, for sure, because I'm sure some cats are more sensitive than others to that kind of thing. And one thing that we, that I noticed, and my and Bob did too, with our aging dog, is that her eyesight began to fail. And I think in dogs you can really see it because their eyes will sometimes get a little milky. And the vet said it could either be cataracts or what they call just an aging clouding in the eye. Now, do cats experience that too? Yeah, absolutely. Cats get cataracts and you can see older cats. A lot of times their pupils in their eyes are more dilated than younger mm-hmm. cats and and they'll reflect in a certain way that you can see that milkiness going in the background. Um, they also, just like us, get you know, get where they can't see close up as well as they used to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, eyesight does degrade with age, sadly. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I recommend is keep night lights on for your cat because they are nocturnal and they do tend to wander around at night and check things out. So keep some night lights on so they can see where they're going and, you know, don't run into anything. And, <laughs> and they're not stressed by being in the pitch black. Yeah, and and we just got back from the getting eye exams, and unfortunately, we can't get eyeglasses for our pets. That doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) But it would be so cute. (laughs) It would be. And the other thing that would be cute is if we could get them hearing aids, because, boy, that is another issue that we old people are experiencing. (laughs) Tell me about it, Mom. I know. Hello? What? What? (laughs) What'd you say? Huh? Yeah. So yes, just like, um, just like all of you, like mm-hmm. you know, Dewey wears hearing aids from, from you know, hearing loss from lots of loud noises at a at a younger age, and and Dad Bob wears hearing aids just because of regular aging hearing loss, and you need them. And <laughs> okay. <laughs> But yeah, cats uh, cats lose their hearing uh, as well when they get old. And some of the things that that you'll see is a cat will start howling. And you know, some cats too go completely deaf and wow, do they make loud noises. I we have a friend here in in Santa Fe that had an older cat that was deaf and she said she could hardly handle it because it, in the middle of the night the cat would just start screaming and screaming. You know, and and it, it it's very difficult. We had a cat at the shelter that had ruptured eardrums, and mm. it you know howled very loud. So just like people that are hard of hearing that talk really loud and then play the TV at these obnoxious volumes, <laughs> well, same thing you know mm. is is true with cats. They when they become hard of hearing, they do meow louder. So. Some of the things you want to do, first of all, if you have an outdoor cat that's senior geriatric, it's time to bring them indoors. 
you know, these mm-hmm. these impairments of eyesight and hearing and things like that and arthritis make it where, you know, they, they can't perceive the world as as well as sharply as they used to. And it's probably putting them in a little danger. So if you've got an older cat, just go ahead and bring them inside and let them live out whatever years they have left indoors. And if you have a cat that you know is hard of hearing, approach the cat from the front so that you don't startle it. You know, if you walk up behind them, just like people, and they can't hear you, it's going to really startle them because they didn't hear you coming. So, you know, Mm -hmm. make sure you're either making lots of loud noise so they know you're coming or you come around to the cat from the front so that you're not startling them. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's that's real. Oh, I know. I sneak up on Bob every now and then. And he does. Yeah, but you just like do that. it for fun. You just well, like sneaking up on Bob and scaring him. <laughs> I don't want to admit that. No, I don't. Especially well, not it, on radio. No. <laughs> and when uh, when our poor little Pearl dog was aging too, as she became more and more deaf, um, if we wanted to call her or get her attention for something, we found that literally just clapping our hound, our hands loudly would at least focus her attention on us and she could understand what we want. And I think for people who have their cats trained, like if they come or, you know, for food or whatever, maybe clapping the hands might be enough to get their attention. Well, you know, um, it's one of the things that, as you know, I clicker train cats. And so, of course, my cat is very well trained. We don't use a clicker anymore because he's beyond that. But I train with hand signals every Mm -hmm. behavior. And it it really does pay off when you have a senior cat because now if I can get his visual attention, I point to the floor and he knows to come to me. I point straight back, he knows to sit up, he'll sit up, those kinds of things. So I can get his attention and with hand signals, tell him what I want him to do. And, And that has been extremely beneficial. We need to, Bob and I need to train one another the same way. <laughs> we need to start, you need to get you back into sign language classes. Yeah, you know, those are ASL classes, right. right. We were all doing sign language and we, we, we talked about how how much that was going to help when we got old and nobody could hear anymore. <laughs> and then we got older and we forgot about it. We forgot how to do it. <laughs> oh, well, Molly, you've often talked about cats' sense of smell. How many more times you know, sensitive they are than people. And what happens to them as they get older? Does that affect their sense of smell too? Yeah, they do. Just just like all of us that they, and I think I've even heard you say, I can't really smell much anymore. No. Right. You know, so you, you're, you're, all of our senses, uh, unfortunately, begin to dim as, as we get older. And sense of smell is a very important one because cats do live through their noses. They depend on smell you know, to know what's safe, what's not safe. And they depend on smell to eat. And this is important. You see it in young cats that have upper respiratory infections, these kittens that are just so congested, you know, clunky stuff, and they can't smell the food, so they won't eat it. They certainly aren't like us that goes, wow, that steak looks good. That's not a cat. It's like, that smells good. I'm going to eat it. They don't eat with their eyes. So when they start to lose their sense of smell, some older cats will lose interest in their, in their food. Their appetite will, will actually decrease. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
And so that's a problem. And some of the things that you can do is sometimes food consistency is important to them as they get older. You know, maybe if you notice your cat's, your older cat is not eating as much, um, change up the consistency, maybe more softer pate, or maybe they like shreds better at this stage. Maybe you need to get a food that smells stronger. Raise the bowl a little bit, too, because it's harder for them to crouch down because of the arthritis and other things to to eat. So raise that bowl a little bit. And um, the other thing you're going to find is that with with senior cats, you're going to see more hairballs for digestion issues. You know, they have a harder time digesting food the older they get. And so you'll see more hairballs. Um, mm-hmm. And there are hairball remedies that are really safe that are malt flavored that cats love and you know just think about putting a hairball remedy in their food maybe once a day and then you know absolutely for an older cat don't free feed you know i say this for any age cat but definitely a geriatric cat and it's never too late to to change a cat's diet for the better so don't free feed if you're free feeding by the way you're free feeding dry kibble which is you know not good. So stop feeding dry kibble. Put your older cat on a canned food. Feed it frequently, at least four times a day, because they they naturally eat smaller portions. And as they get older, it, they're going to eat even smaller portions. You know, Tabasco will eat a little bit, go away, come back, eat a little more, and it takes him, you know, it takes him a good half hour to finish a, a normal portion. And of mm-hmm. course, I feed him five, six times a day, small portions. So. It's taken him longer to eat. And then if your cat is not eating at all, try try sitting with it and talking to it and maybe, you know, stroking it lightly. A lot of times when they get older, they take comfort in you being there as well. And, and that might encourage them to eat some more. Hmm. And, you know, again, you were mentioning and you always stress about the not free feeding, especially dry kibble. And that has a real effect on their Kidneys, too, and incontinence, I know, is a problem in older animals, you know, not being able to hold their pee, and that's, a, that's really tough. How, do you, how does that work, Mom? Yeah, sadly, I can say that I have never had an old cat that didn't end up with incontinence for one mm. reason or another at the end-of-life end type stages, and, and sometimes that went on a year or so, and that is why I don't have carpet anymore and I only mm-hmm. have concrete floors. No. <laughs> I thought there were other reasons. <laughs> well, they're easier to maintain on all levels, you know, when the red wine gets spilled and when the cat loses <laughs> control of its bowel and bladders, right? <laughs> so, yeah, there's all kinds of great reasons to have concrete floors. Um, but it is true when they get old they have a reduced control over their bowels and bladder. So some things that I recommend doing, I have Tabasco daily on a product that's called Fortiflora. It's a probiotic and it keeps their GI tract healthy with probiotics, just like with us. You know, the older we get, the more probiotics they say we should take. And uh, and actually, if you go on my website, catbehaviorsolutions.org, there is a resource page. And the Fortiflora is shown there so you can see what that product looks like. It tastes really good. Cats love it. It may help with your cat that has lost a little bit of sense of smell and maybe lost some appetite. 
So I strongly recommend Fortiflora for for those reasons. And if your cat is going, a lot of older cats will no longer poop inside a litter box. You know, they'll pee in the box maybe, but right outside the litter box. So if you have stuff like that going on, just be patient with the old guy or gal and, you know, put newspapers or piddle pads down under your your litter box to catch those kinds of things. And it's no big deal. It's just poop and pee. It's not, it's not like it's, you know, it's not like it's acid or anything like that, even <laughs> though sometimes you, you think it might be. And then, like I said, you know, if you're seeing that kind of stuff, Again, that might be because the cat has arthritis and it's having a hard time getting in and out of the litter box. So you may have to do something like even go to a cookie sheet as a litter box plan. So if you do that, of of course, litter gets kicked out a lot easier. So put a cookie sheet down with, you know, piddle pads all around it and see if that helps helps your older cat. But Mm -hmm. yeah, incontinence is is unfortunately an issue. Geriatric cats, yeah. Geriatric people, too. They have shelves of those kinds of piddle pants for old people in Sam's, I noticed. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't had to shop there yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, you had mentioned to me, Molly, before that diabetes can be a real problem in cats. And, you know, what is there anything that would cause that or anything you can do about it? Yeah, diabetes is is one of the leading medical issues in geriatric cats and mm. and it has to do with your cat being overweight just like with us when we're obese we have a much higher percentage of diabetes than if you have a you're a healthy diet but unlike us you know, you might think, well, I'm going to go on a vegan diet. It's going to help me lose weight. It's going to make me more healthy. Well, that's the absolute worst thing that you can do for a cat because a cat is an obligate carnivore and it needs protein, but it needs digestible protein. And yeah, they need a little bit of carbs, but they don't need a lot of carbs. And so a dry kibble diet is just all carbs. That's all it is, is it's full of carbs. So if you feed your cat dry kibble, it's like me eating macaroni and cheese every day, and your cat's going to put on weight. I've had a lot of people say, God, I thought that, that it was canned food that made cats fat. It's like, no, canned food has a lot more hydration, a lot more protein levels. It does not make your cat fat. Dry food will make your cat fat, on the other hand. In addition, you know, when they make dry food, they bake it at these really high temperatures and it bakes all the nutrients out of the food. So they have to come back and spray on nutrients, which end up being, they're not bioavailable, meaning the body isn't going to absorb them. So stop feeding dry food. Don't feed a vegan diet. They need adequate protein and nutrients like taurine and amino acids that are only found in animal sources. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you've got to feed your cat to maintain its ideal body weight. You know, I, I need to produce, I need to publish that um, body score chart on the, mm-hmm. on the resource page too. I'll, I'll do that so that you can look at your cat because, you know, a lot of people have unhealthy views of what a good size cat is. <laughs> so you need to see a chart so you can see what is a healthy weight um, for your cat because at a at a greater weight, they have a higher incidence of liver disease too and skin disease and even cancer. So mm. beyond diabetes, there are other things they can get that... Um, 
you know, that are, that are bad and potentially life-threatening. Wow. So, yeah, diabetes it, is, is huge. Um, obesity mm-hmm. is, is a huge. huge thing. Yeah. That's a lot like us people. <laughs> it really <Yeah>. is. <laughs> it really is. Now, I know there was an issue that Tabasco had at one time when you were noticing he was feeling really bad. And it turned out to be a dental issue. Mm-hmm. So yeah. how about that? Yeah, and sadly, you know, unlike people who we can just get a set of false teeth, you know, when our <laughs> when our teeth start decaying and we get older, uh, cats don't have that uh, that ability. So I noticed that Tabasco had gotten really finicky about what he was eating and had lost his appetite. And I thought it had to do with some other things that I was seeing in his blood work. Well, it turned out he had two infected molars that they had to remove. So, you know, tartar on the teeth over long periods of time, just like with people, is going to lead to tooth decay. Now, everybody tells you, brush your cat's teeth. And it's like, oh, "Oh, you've got to be kidding. (laughs) I've never been successful at teaching a cat, you know, to to tolerate my finger in its mouth with that little toothbrush. I mean, I haven't been able to do that yet. But, um but things to watch out for, you know, again, Tabasco was more of a, of I thought it was being finicky, like he would just, one day he wouldn't eat his favorite food. And then the next day, I'd give him a different flavor and he'd eat. And then the next day, I'd give him his favorite food and then he'd go back to eating it. Well, what was happening was he would eat a particular flavor or texture and it would hurt. And he'd go, oh, that stuff hurts me. I'm not eating that again. So when I served it at the next meal, no, 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 that's the stuff that hurt me. And then I present a new flavor and he goes, oh, good, this stuff probably won't hurt me. And then he gets halfway through the meal and realizes that's hurting too. And then he's like, well, I'm not eating that stuff. So I'd have to cycle in flavors about every four or five days until we figured out what was going on and had the teeth removed. Mm -hmm. So, you know, watch for finicky, watch for not eating Absolutely watch for weight loss, um, an unkept fur coat, you know, that's that's a sign that, that there may be some dental issues. And then some things you can do, and they make these dental treats. So the other myth is feed dry kibble and that narks the tartar off the teeth. Well, it does not. First of all, cats don't really chew a lot. They swallow things whole. So, you know, you can get these dental treats. They're usually a little larger for a reason, so they can't swallow them whole. And then you can also give them raw bones to chew on. You know, and there's this myth that, well, if you give them bones, they're going to splinter. Not if they're raw. If they're cooked bones, yes, don't give them cooked bones. But you can give them like a chicken neck or, you know, pieces of raw chicken and and bones that they can chew the meat off of and chew the bones. That's the best way uh, to keep their teeth clean. Mm -hmm. Wow. No no toothbrushing. I can imagine that. Even with dogs, that's hard. Really difficult. Next Whoa. next kitten I get, I'm gonna really make an effort to to get the kitten to to let me brush its teeth when it's young. <laughs> That'll be fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. Now, now another something that was mentioned to me by a friend as they got older was that they had some thyroid issues, and I was wondering, um, do I've never experienced that, but can cats experience a thyroid issue? 
Yeah, I was really hoping to get a hyperthyroid issue, but I ended up with a hypothyroid <laughs> issue. <laughs> I know, that. me too. It never worked. <laughs> and cats, and see, cats are just the opposite where, you know, more women are prone to get hypothyroid, meaning that their thyroids are underactive. Cats get hyperthyroid, meaning that their thyroids are overactive. And um, But it is interesting that both women and cats had a significantly huge spike in occurrences of thyroid issues at about the same time, which was mm. the late 70s. And so they've started to discover all of these things that they call thyroid disruptors. And one of them is the fire retardants that were put on carpets and furniture and things like that that were mandated in the late 70s. Mm. And um, constant exposure to that, you know, again, with your face on it, cats walk on carpets, they walk on sofas, and they groom themselves, and they lick that off, and they're ingesting those things. You know, those those have been proven to be thyroids. So again, all the chemicals that they come in contact with being low to the ground can cause problems later in life. All these things that we're talking about, you know, mild dehydration from dry food diet, exposure to being low to the ground to these chemicals, inhalants from, you know, air fresheners and things, all of these things add up slowly over a lifetime. And then all of a sudden, well, what appears to be all of a sudden to us, your cat has hyperthyroid disease and that could be have been building over the years. Um, fish, they have actually found fish diets to be um, to be thyroid disruptors. That's why I always recommend people avoid feeding your cat fish. And, and cats will become addicted to fish where they won't eat anything else. So you want to be sure not to feed your cat fish because fish eat uh, plastics and PBDEs and things like that in the ocean and, and they carry those chemicals that can become thyroid disruptors. So avoid fish diets, um, avoid harsh chemicals on your floors. Um, if your cat already has hyperthyroidism, your vet will prescribe a restricted iodine diet. So, you know, look at those special diets, but if a vet prescribes a dry only diet of, of any kind, um, you know, email me and let's talk about some alternatives because a dry only diet is, is not a good, not a good idea. Yeah, that wouldn't be. And thinking about that on the carpeting, just think how many little kids grew up crawling on that carpet. I think that's where they really are seeing um, that effect, you know, in yeah. people. Yeah, and that. it, it may be exactly how we all end up with thyroid issues mm-hmm. is because we were crawling around as babies on that same material. In that carpet. You know, we talked a little earlier, you know, about incontinence with the cat. So, um, and again, like we people, we start to develop, you know, renal issues with, mm-hmm. you know, keeping ourselves regularly. Either we have to pee all the time or, you know, that gets to be kind of an urgency issue. And how about cats? Yeah, they, they you know, kidney failure and chronic kidney disease is the number one medical cause of death in cats. And um, and very common, and again, because of diet, because of a lifetime of being mildly dehydrated from feeding dry kibble, you know, your cat will eventually develop renal issues. So, and watch for things, like you said, watch for increased urination, you know. Mm. 
Tabasco's kidney levels are starting to increase, which is indicating that he is starting to have in, having renal failure, probably from the complications of all the other medical things going on with him. And I'm telling you what, that cat pees a lot. It, I swear mm-hmm. he must pee a gallon a day. Mm-hmm. His his urine has has increased, which is indicating that the kidneys are shutting down. Watch for water intake. You know, if your cat is drinking lots of water, that's an indication that the kidneys are no longer able to concentrate the urine. Um, I use, uh, so when the kidneys begin to shut down, like with him, the vets are usually concerned about two things. Um, because the kidneys process protein and phosphate. So they want to usually lower the protein levels and phosphate levels in the food. But they don't usually have a canned food solution. They want to put you on a, on a dry food prescription diet. So, you know, there are commercial brands out there with low phosphate. And as far as protein is concerned, these are obligate carnivores. They need protein. So don't reduce the protein. Make sure that your cat is getting good digestible bioavailable protein, you know, from sources, meat sources, not eggs, not other protein sources. They've got to be meat sources. Um, no byproducts, no no things like that. And if you have questions on what kinds of brands, just email me and I'm happy to tell you. And then as far as phosphate, there, you know, there are brands like Ruruva canned food is a very good brand with extremely low phosphate content. And um I go a step further and I use what's called a phosphate binder. It's a powdered form. You can get it on Amazon. I use, it's called, it's called a palatin. I think a packetin is what it is. E-P-A-K-I-T-I-N, a packetin. And um, I'll add that link to the resource page as well. Um, because I just, I put that in every little bit of, of food that I feed him so that he's got a phosphate binder, which will help those kidneys process the phosphate. And then um, a low sodium diet is important for cats with, with renal issues. And um, you can look on labels and compare sodium and things like that. Same, same kind of thing when we get old, sadly. Mm. And probably with cats, they they don't probably don't crave that sodium like we saltaholics do, which is not good for us. Anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. I, I the uh-huh. day a doctor tells me that I can't have salt, then I'm going to oh. lose that extra ten pounds right. I've been trying to get rid of. Because I think you're right. I will just stop eating. <laughs> I can't, I can't handle it either, Molly. It must be genetic. <laughs> Oh, and another, you know, we noticed this again, because our experience with an aging animal was our dog is, you know, they used to call when you get older, getting senile, but now they call it dementia. But we would notice as she really got older that sometimes she would wander into a room and look around just like Bob and I do and say, why did I come in here? Why am I in this room? So I don't know. I haven't noticed that with your cat, Molly, but but is that kind of an issue with them? Do cats get dementia too? Yeah, they absolutely do. I, I don't see any signs of that in Tabasco. Thank goodness he's got enough else going on right now to <laughs> have to be dealing with that. Sadly, I don't think he'll he'll live a long, long enough to uh, to experience senility, but cats do get dementia. In fact, they call it cognitive dysfunction syndrome, you know, CDS in older cats. And it does, just like you say, cause disorientation. You know, your cat will be doing just that, walking through the room, maybe towards the litter box and then stop and 
look around at you and look around at things and go, wait a minute, where was I going? <laughs> wait, where am I? Who are those people? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and their their interaction with you even changes. You know, they they may not recognize you as as often as they did. They may have more anxiety than normal. You know, they they just get more freaked out and more ramped up. And you know, changes in sleep cycles. They they may be up more in the middle of the night, like like you are. <laughs> have, have oh trouble. yeah, that. <laughs> and you know, and they say some cats with with dementia have have learning ability issues. I again haven't seen that with Tabasco. He's still learning new things, but but that can be a problem. Memory, you know, becomes a problem. Changes in awareness, like we've said. So some things you can do, again, the food puzzles really, really help a lot. Just like, you know, when you play Sudoku and stuff like like that. (laughs) Sudoku for cats. (laughs) They do. They have one. I uh, was actually at Global Pet Expo and put my business card in in a bowl at a vendor's place that had puzzles for cats and and I won a Sudoku for cats <laughs> and, and it's a little wooden box low to the ground narrow box and it has nine squares on it and they move around you know and and you put little treats under them so the cat has to actually move those squares around to get to the treats and it took Tabasco a little while to figure that out but boy when he did he he loves playing cat Sudoku <laughs> <laughs> so they do have that. Um, there, there is a drug that uh, if you really are worried about your cat's dementia, um, talk to your vet about Anapril. It's a drug that's used for dogs, um, but it has been approved for its, its use in cats. Um, see if your vet thinks that that might be appropriate for your cat. Um, you could add some supplements to their food, just like with people. There are supplements that seem to help, you know, cognitive function. Um, some of those for cats are antioxidants, vitamin C, vitamin E, omega-3, you know, maybe add some fish oil to the food. And, and there are others. But, yeah, dementia, mm. it, the struggle Boy. is real. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's probably one of the worst issues in aging. It really is. Yeah. But overall, Molly, you know, is there anything that we can do additionally to all these little individual things that you've talked about to improve their quality of life as they get older? Yeah, there are. So listeners, get a piece of paper and pencil if you haven't already been taking notes. <laughs> and at the top of it, write regular vet visits. Um, That's so important. I take Tabasco every six months and started that several years ago. So once your cat hits, you know, 10, and if it's really healthy, certainly when your cat hits 12, plan on going to the vet every six months. You need a baseline on weight. You need a baseline on what's going on in in its blood work from from six-month period to six-month period. Another thing is you need to be acutely aware of any changes that are going on with your cat. So that would be weight loss, changes in appetite, changes in sleeping more often, ability to to get up and down off things, things like that. Keep notes of that and, and take that with you when you go to the vet. Watch watch your litter box closely. Watch what you're scooping out of there. Are they peeing more often than not? Are they pooping less? Is their poop softer, firmer? 
take note of, of what you're seeing in the litter box. And, uh, and if there are changes, be aware of that and, and don't ignore them. Um, groom your cat because, uh, you know, older cats need some help grooming. They, they lose their ability to groom themselves as thoroughly as when they're young. But, but do it gently and frequently. You know, so just brush them very lightly and maybe do it every day or twice a day when you maybe used to do it only once a once a week. And longer haired cats need more help than shorter haired cats. Mm-hmm. And and nails. Nails is another thing. As they get older, just like with people, their nails get thicker and they lose the ability to retract their nails. So they get hung up on carpet and snagged on things more frequently. So it's time to you know, trim your cat's nails more often. And hopefully you've gotten your cat comfortable with that at a young age so that that's not increased trauma. Um, and, and another thing is, this is not the time to get a new kitten or cat. I have so many people that think, I'm going to get a new kitten for my old cat. Maybe it'll pep them up. You know, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. The, this is the time. Those, you know, bringing a, another territorial intruder into your cat's space in their geriatric years is only going to make them more anxious. And the more anxious, it's going to make their, you know, their heart rate and their blood pressure and things like that are very that are very critical in a geriatric cat. It's gonna it's gonna off balance those things. So mm-hmm. this is not a time to get a new kitten. Wait till your cat passes and then go get a new kitten immediately. I think you know a lot of people wait. <laughs> whatever works for you, but but don't don't bring on a new kitten or cat when you have a geriatric cat. And then a really important thing is routine and predictability. Older cats do not like change. And, you know, they get more set in their ways, like <clears throat> some oh. other people I know. <laughs> oh, no, you don't know anybody like that, Molly. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, no. <laughs> yeah, you know, when, you know how grandpa always likes to eat at eight, noon, and six, you know, with <laughs> your cat is like that, too. <laughs> so you really, really need to keep you know, the routine and the schedule predictable so that, you know, when they have things like senility and loss of hearing and eyesight and sense of smell, you know, things that change aren't as startling to them. Mm -hmm. If you have an outdoor cat, now is the time to bring it indoors and let it live out the rest of its life indoors. Mm -hmm. And, um, Give that cat extra love. You know, you don't know how much time you've got left with them. So give them a lot of extra love. And while you're loving on them and feeling up and down them, go ahead and take that time to check for lumps and bumps and and any sores that might be developing too. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, with all that Tabasco has going on, I've noticed he's got little bumps coming up, you know, in various places Mm -hmm. in his body. So um, and that's because I'm taking lots of extra time to love on the boy. So mm-hmm. absolutely put that at the top of your list. Yeah. I think that's all I can think of. I'm sure that's once it. we close, I'll think of 10 more things. But <laughs> Well, you know, people can, people can drop you a note and ask you if there's some other issues that they'd like to see you discuss about things like that, Molly. Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll put it in a blog format, too. And, oh, for sure. Yeah. So, you know, in closing here, as we're ready to wrap up, um, if anybody out there has been helped by all the information that Molly so generously gives out in these podcasts, or if the Cat Behavior Solutions blog has been a source of help for you, or if Molly's consulted with you, you know, she does this either virtually 
or in your house. Um, and if all this has been a real benefit to you, then we would love to hear that difference that it's made. It's always gratifying to know that your efforts are paying off for somebody. So if so, please email Molly at molly at cattalkradio.com for sure. Yeah, you know, I got a, a video today from, from Amy Huff. Amy's, Amy's a wonderful listener and supporter of Cat Talk Radio and her cat, Opal. They ordered some of the catnip-filled tossabouts from our website, and she sent me a video of Opal just going crazy over the, the <laughs> tossabouts. She said, Opal doesn't usually like catnip and doesn't really pay much attention to toys, but wow, this is her favorite. And uh, oh, it was just adorable. I'll, I'll post it on social media. So yeah, I love hearing from you. Send me stuff. Show me your cats liking the products we recommend and and or, you know, how they're how they're improving from some consulting work or something you've heard at one of the seminars or one of these podcasts. That'd be great. I'd love to hear from you. So thanks for joining us, Mom. Oh, thank you. This has been great fun. And until next time, keep calm and purr on. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.